Hello, listeners, and welcome to Crime Below Zero, where the temperatures are cold, but the crime is colder. I'm your host, Courtney, and I live on a remote island in Alaska called Prince of Wales Island. Temperatures may not quite reach below zero here, but for much of this wild state, it does. I will be exploring all sorts of crime in the great state of Alaska and telling you about it. So let's get started with a story that was new to me and happened not too long ago in Anchorage, Alaska. James Dale Ritchie was born on November 4, 1976 in Anchorage, Alaska. Not much else is known about his childhood except that he grew up in the Wonder Park neighborhood in Anchorage and that he attended East Anchorage High School. There, he was an athlete, stood to be 6'3", and he played on the 1994 championship-winning football team as an offensive lineman and the basketball team as a power forward. He was close friends with brothers Quincy and Bobby Thompson, whom he lived with off and on throughout his teen years. He would sometimes stay for a couple of weeks at a time. He was always welcome. Bobby Thompson was quoted by saying, That's my mom's son. She loved him. Quincy sadly lost his life to gun violence in Anchorage, and Richie lost touch with the family shortly after. Just one day after this tragic loss of his friend, Richie scored a 1,200 on the SAT and was recruited by West Virginia University football team, where he only spent one semester before dropping out and returning to Anchorage. Between 1998 and 2005, he was arrested for a string of drug-related crimes. The first time was four years after high school graduation when officers were following up on a drug sale investigation. They greeted him by his street name, Tiny, and Richie immediately reached for his waistband and a semi-automatic pistol fell out of his pant leg. This led to the officers searching him where they found ammo and a baggie filled with crack rocks on his person. They then found a scale in the bedroom and the owner of the apartment told police that Richie and her son were selling drugs. He ultimately pleaded no contest and was sentenced to three years probation. The last time was in 2005 when he was arrested for home invasion and two handguns and zip ties fashioned into handcuffs were found on his person. He served two years for that and then went back to living in Anchorage where he got his hands on a Colt Python 357 revolver. In 2013, Richie had an acquaintance hold on to his Colt Python while he lived with his parents in Virginia, during which time he was overall a law-abiding citizen. He had a girlfriend there, held a job there, but he broke up with his girlfriend and when that happened, he promptly moved back to Anchorage and reacquired that Colt Python revolver in March 2016. He moved around but ended up in the Penland Parkway trailer park in Anchorage. At some point, he did seek mental health treatment, but the APD could never determine if he ever received a diagnosis. July 3rd, 2016, the bodies of Brianna Foisey and Jason Netter Sr., were found on a bike path by a bicyclist at 7.45 a.m. Netter was known to law enforcement due to drug-related activity and child support issues, and Foisey was an unhoused person who had fallen into substance abuse and was reported to have been diagnosed with a fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. 
There were bullet fragments found at the scene that led the Alaska Crime Lab to determine the weapon was a Colt Python 357 revolver. However, due to no other evidence besides a witness hearing gunshots between 3 and 5 a.m., the case went nowhere. July 5th, the murders were found to be a double homicide and the APD began reviewing security footage. They then released images of two unidentified men who were considered persons of interest. 26 days later, on July 29th, just after 3 a.m., Richie shot 21-year-old Trayvon Kendall Thompson multiple times while riding his bike home from work between Dubin Avenue and Boland Street. Thompson was the son of Richie's childhood friend Bobby Thompson, and it is unknown if Richie knew it was his former friend's son, although it probably wouldn't have made a difference. Three girls saw Richie from their window wearing a camouflage jacket and pick up Thompson's bike and ride off where he then brought it home and it was spotted by witnesses but not identified as being part of the crime. The police arrived at the scene of the crime and Thompson was still clinging to life but shortly after, while still on the scene, Thompson died from his injuries. They were able to conduct enough interviews to produce a composite sketch of the suspect the murder weapon was confirmed by the Alaska State Crime Lab to be the same weapon that killed Foisey and Netter the same month. This particular crime produced some security cam footage of the killer shooting Trey and then riding away on the bike, so they had a height as well as a composite sketch. August 28th, Richie shot 34-year-old Kevin Turner and 25-year-old Bryant DeHusson in Valley of the Moon Park. Their bodies were discovered by a woman walking the path around 1.40 a.m., and when the police arrived, they saw that Turner's body was under a pavilion and riddled with bullet wounds. Turner was suffering from schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and was unhoused at the time. DeHusson happened to be on the bike ride when he came upon the shooting. It was determined there was no relation between the two victims. Again, shortly after these homicides, it was found that the murder weapon was the same as the other recent murders, a 357 Colt Python. It was at this time that law enforcement noticed an MO happening and urged citizens to avoid isolated trails after dark, and the FBI came on board to help catch the killer. On September 6th, Mayor Ethan Berkowitz held a press conference saying that gang violence was largely responsible for the uptick in homicides, seemingly ignoring the evidence of a serial killer. The FBI offered a $10,000 reward for info leading to the arrest of Thompson's killer, while not mentioning any connection to the other homicides because they did not want the killer to dispose of the weapon. They figured if they told the public that there was a weapon connection, then Richie would get rid of it and to avoid being caught. They received around 175 tips over a two-month period, at least one of which really had something to do with Richie. Little did anyone know, but Thompson's mother was on the hunt for her son's killer herself. She claimed to have seen an armed Richie near the Alaska Regional Hospital in October of 2016, and she phoned it in to the APD, at which time the lieutenant told her not to confront him because he was considered armed and dangerous and she had her infant with her in the car. About a month after this call, Officer Arne Salau 
was responding to a call about unpaid taxi fares, and he spotted Richie walking down the street at 4.30 a.m. and pulled up next to him to ask if he was a possible witness to this taxi fare call. Officer Salau turned his flashing lights on and asked for Richie to stop and come talk to him. Richie ignored him. Officer Salau got back in his car and pulled up closer to Richie and called out on the megaphone for him to stop twice. Richie then made a sudden about-face, pulled his Colt Python 357 on Officer Salau and opened fire. Richie shot him six times while Salau was still in his patrol car. Salau then exited his vehicle and returned fire. Meanwhile, Sergeant Mark Patsky happened upon the exchange and also opened fire on Richie, which resulted in Richie's death right there on the corner of 5th Avenue and Cordova Street in Anchorage. Officer Salau was taken to the ICU where he was discovered to have extensive damage done to his bones, liver, and intestines. After seven hours of surgery, Salau miraculously survived and was moved out of the ICU. The dashcam footage of before the shooting is available on YouTube. The Colt Python was recovered from Richie's body and sent to the Alaska Crime Lab, and it was officially confirmed to be the murder weapon in all five homicides. But because Richie had pretty much stayed out of trouble for a decade, the police never even considered him to be a suspect. After the 78-hour investigation and contacting the victims' families, APD Chief Chris Tolley held a press conference explaining the connection between all the homicides and why they never announced the weapon so that Richie wouldn't dispose of it. The police ran the weapon for owner information and found that it wasn't legally registered to Richie. They questioned the registered owner about how it ended up in Richie's hands. Little to nothing was released about that information and no ties were ever made between Richie and his victims. Due to some side research I've done, it looks like Richie is still being investigated in other states, which might be why there's not a whole lot of information out there about the ties between the original owner and the gun or the information that was retrieved from that interview. He might be connected to other homicides in a couple of other states, so he is still considered a possible open investigation, at least outside of Alaska. That is our story today of James Dale Ritchie. Join me next time for some more very cold crime.